So my dear friend Cherith, tell me about the incarnation. Why is it important that Jesus had a body? <laughs> you mean has a body? Brad? Has a body. Has That's a what body, I meant. Brad. Yes. Has a body. Well, why is it important that he has a body and had a body? I don't think I knew either one of those for most of my life. I knew that he needed a body to get some things done, but I never really took seriously Jesus as an embodied person. And especially as somebody who didn't just need a body for like a short term mission. But if in fact, Jesus is truly and forever human, then we know how this story turns out. And I know what he's calling me to in terms of my own embodied life. And what I mean by that is I came up as a Christian who saw her body as the trouble or the thing to be always worked out or worked around as she's trying to nurture her spirit or soul or attentiveness to God in ways that could negate my body as much as possible. And, and so then I'm also watching Jesus embodied life as pretty inhuman and otherworldly. And so when, for instance, you and I have a conversation about, do we think Jesus experienced this or that? I would have seen that as, oh God, caring about this experience that I had, but I wouldn't know how to take that experience in his life seriously for mine. And so the longer that he's been reshaping his love for me and my love for him in ways that really match each other. I keep finding out, oh my gosh, we're, we're meeting each other as human to human and that he really is the divine son of God, human. He's as our friend Kenneth Tanner says, the human God. And then suddenly I realized, oh gosh, this isn't, this isn't my trap. This isn't my curse. This is my life. So when he calls me to eternal life, the only life he can offer me is a life that has to do with being Cherith as an embodied human being with him. And, and that means I have to be able to look to see what does that mean? And not just always looking backwards over my shoulder 2000 years ago to read the gospels and go, well, Jesus, what was it like when you were human? Because I'll hear people say that all the time. Like when Jesus was a man, when Jesus was human. And you mean like among us with us on the earth? Or do you mean like, I used to think for so long when I saw the little flannel graph at the Ascension where Jesus like sails up over behind the board and disappears. It's like, oh, he's done being human now because he, told us all the things he needed to. He did the miracles that showed us we should listen to him. And then he died on the cross and saved us. And the resurrection stamps that that worked. Like that would have been a very simplistic thing for me, but that would have been the Christian faith that most of the people I knew also in a nutshell would have thought. That in fact, the gospel is about bringing me and you and all of creation, but especially in this conversation, all of us to our fullness, 
as human beings in terms of what we were made for, which is this union and communion with God as his human children. Like that's the only thing he's ever wanted us to be. And it's the only thing we ever will be. So he's not turning us into angels or just letting us be souls. Like you are finally going to be human the way you want to be and the way you get to be. And it will take a transfigured body to be able to be in that communion in the fullness, but you're on the way. And the person who can mediate that, the person who can encourage me toward that, understand me in the middle of that, stand holding that finished life for me, but at the same time can be a high priest who can only be a high priest if he gets me as one of me. All of that is requires him to not only still be like me in the sense that his whole experience is gathered up into who he is right now, but that he's like who I will be becoming at the same time, that he is what I get to be someday, not incarnate as the divine son, but all that he holds as his human life now is the human life I get to have. And so when we think about little, like a last little phrase of, well, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And I think, well, the real great word there is in. That as soon as you could separate out the divine from the human in Jesus, which is impossible because he's one person, that's how quickly you could separate out the love of God in Christ from me, which means basically it's impossible. But it's like now I can see why there is no way to have the love of God separable from anything in creation because he's actually standing there holding that love in union. So not life or death or the past or the future or the power, like nothing in creation can undo the way that God wants to be with and for us as one of us forever.